0: Welcome to The World Beyond the Tale, the Page A Day American Gods Podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page nine. Not a thing. That's my husband, she said. Shadow realized that he was smiling. He had been inside for three years, but she could still make him smile. Love you, babes, said Shadow. Love you, puppy, said Laura. Shadow put down the phone. When they got married, Laura told Shadow that she wanted a puppy. But their landlord had pointed out that when they got married, Laura told Shadow that she wanted a puppy, but their landlord had pointed out they weren't allowed pets under the terms of their lease. Hey, Shadow had said, I'll be your puppy. What do you want me to do? Chew your slippers? Piss on the kitchen floor? Lick your nose? Sniff your crotch? I bet there's nothing a puppy can do I can't do. And he picked her up as if she weighed nothing at all and began to lick her nose while she giggled and shrieked, and then he carried her to the bed. In the food hall, Sam Fetisher sidled over to Shadow and smiled, showing his old teeth. He sat down beside Shadow and began to eat his macaroni and cheese. We gotta talk, said Sam Fetisher. Sam Fetisher was one of the blackest men that Shadow had ever seen. He might have been sixty, he might have been eighty. Then again, Shadow had met thirty-year-old crackheads who looked older than Sam Fetisher. "Hm," said Shadow. Storm's on the way, said Sam. Feels like it, said Shadow. Maybe it'll snow soon. Not that kind of storm. Bigger storms than that coming, I tell you, boy. You're better off in here than out on the street when the big storm comes. Done my time, said Shadow. Friday, I'm gone. Sam Fetisher stared at Shadow. Where are you from? he asked. Eagle Point, Indiana. You're a lying fuck, said Sam Fetisher. I mean originally. Where are your folks from? Chicago, said Shadow. His mother had lived in Chicago as a girl, and she had died there half a lifetime ago. Like I said, big storm coming. Keep your head down, Shadow Boy. And that's our page. So I need to rewind a couple of pages. Uh, I didn't note the word riffled on page 7, but I stumbled over it while I was reading it aloud, and I really should have taken that as a hint that maybe I should look it up and define it. Its meaning is clear from context, and it means to turn over the pages of a book, or if you're flipping through some pages of paper, basically just... You have a pile of paper or a book and you're flipping through it real quick. You're not really looking too closely at it. One of the other definitions is to shuffle playing cards and you uh, pick up the corners of two piles and kind of slide them together to form a single pile. And it's it could be what Neil was getting at. It may not be what Neil was getting at. I'm not sure. So anytime I find any kind of note like that, I feel like I can't leave it alone. I just got to shine a light on it the uh the word riffled threw me off enough that I actually tweeted to Neil Gaiman about it and he tweeted back with a uh with a response from a grammar website about the difference between riffle and rifle and they have similar meanings but not the same and it made me happy because it was very british the way he tweeted it and so i'm i'm hmm, no i guess not i was going to say it could be accidental it could be on purpose i don't know just Take your note cards, put Riffle down, and make a note that it was on this page. It's only about 500 pages away, so, you know, late December 2019, we can get back to it, okay? So the page begins proper with Shadow feigning ignorance, and he's really good at ignoring the obvious. I know he's joking here, but it's it's common throughout the story just how dense he is about almost everything. Okay, I know I've said it at least once before, but I'm going to say it right now. Spoilers incoming, and they're only a few pages away, so I really, really hope that you've read at least to the end of the chapter. (laughs) And if so, wow, how about that last scene, huh? Okay, so spoiler warning over. He's really good at not picking up on things, and he's in prison. I don't expect him to know his wife is having an affair especially when most of their communications over the phone it's it's not really something that you're necessarily going to pick up in the vocal ticks of of someone that you're in love with even if it's someone that you've spent a lot of time with as Shadow has with Laura but he's really good at at just oh well you know the ex- best example is previously he was talked about as not uh not understanding things that he couldn't put his hands upon and it's the same kind of thing he's really really dense at times so we can continue just looking at Shadow and just how, I don't want to say dumb because dumb's not fair, but he's just very focused on, on tangible objects and really focused on the physical and on what's real. And it's not something that's going to do him a lot of favors as the story goes on. It's also the first time that we're aware of that Laura lies to Shadow And he just doesn't pick up on it. I don't... I don't think there's another instance of Laura lying to Shadow throughout the novel. I think there are other characters who lie to him pretty routinely. Wednesday being the most uh, important of those. But there's all kinds of characters who just sling shit at Shadow and he just doesn't pick up that they're lying. So I'll, I'll point those out too as we come to them. On the previous page, when Shadow is on the phone with Laura, he comments that uh, snow might be coming, and on this page, Sam Fetisher is a new character here. He warns Shadow of an incoming storm, and Shadow, just being that same dense self that he is, thinks that Sam is talking about the snow that's coming. He's not. Sam is a really minor character. I don't recall him showing up again, but Fetisher is a a voodoo priest, also known as a Bokono. Big shout-out to frowl.org. That's F-R-O-W-L.org. they got a great list of a lot of the gods and some of the more minor characters. And then, um, even though Sam doesn't show up again, at least not in my memory, which is a bit foggy right now, there's a lot of other odd little characters like this, and one of the incidental characters that shows up is also named Sam, and we're not going to see her for about maybe two or three chapters, but she's wonderful, and I really hope that when the sequel inevitably comes, she shows up. For now, though, just remember, Shadow gets news about a coming storm and straight up ignores it, even though, well, because he's just not focused on the metaphysical aspects of whatever storm that Sam's talking about. He's thinking about snow or rain, thunder. And that's coming, too. It is is—it is a physical, a real storm. But it's not just that storm. Shadow uh, first mentions, or Shadow says that he's from Eagle Point. Sam calls him out. And we also find out that Shadow's mother is from Chicago, but Shadow's mother is dead. Eagle Point is important, in as eagles are important throughout the book. There's a lot of birds and bird imagery, and there's a lot of uh, references to eagles as we get further along in the novel. I think that's all we have for the day. If there's something I missed on this page or on any page, please let me know. You can uh, email us at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. I'd like to say thank you to Julian Grandganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back tomorrow for another page. And remember, only the gods are real.